Hey, y'all. Pastor Amel here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It's the day before Valentine's Day, uh, but it's also a day when Satan really got in the way, I think, of uh, a message that I know God wanted me to hear, that I needed to hear, that I needed to wrestle with, to put together, and then uh, one that I think needs to be shared and spread. I um, We had some technical difficulties this morning. We didn't get our worship streamed and just all kinds of problems with uh, the technology, and so this message was not shared, and I know there are a lot of folks out there that... Uh, we're looking for it and signed in and and on the page and checking it out, but nothing was coming through, or at least not everything. And we were trying to fix it. And then my wife actually told me, "I love my wife. She is someone I need to listen to, and God speaks to me through her often." And so she talked to me a little bit, very briefly, about the message today, and uh, and. And that, and then an email talking to me about uh, how Satan gets in the way and we can't let him win. We're warriors, right? You got to keep fighting. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to take a few minutes here before I go and go over this message again uh, with a, a live stream and uh, recording and put it up on Sweet Jesus Podcast, too. So the message is about forgiveness and it's. Uh, part of our series, The Newborn Kingdom. We're looking at some of these parables of the kingdom of God that Jesus has taught about in the scriptures, and what does that mean for us? And when you think about the fact that God sent his son as an infant to be the king of the universe, to come and rescue us as this helpless infant, well, there are bound to be some other things that are pretty surprising about the way this kingdom works. So uh, that's what we're looking at. And this passage uh, from uh, Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35, is the passage we read this morning. And I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him as many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, or it can also be translated 70 times seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. 
He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to you if you do not forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. The word of the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the presence and power of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. About 20 years ago, a movie came out about a junior high boy who receives an interesting assignment at school. Come up with a plan to change the world. Well, Trevor, the main character, comes up with a plan to find three people who need a lot of help, do something big to help them, refuse to accept anything in return, and then tell them to pay it forward, which happens to be the name of the movie. Trevor thought his experiment failed, but it turned out People across the country were handing over brand new luxury vehicles. They were providing food and shelter and dignity to homeless folks and giving up their place in line at the emergency room and forgiving an absent addict of a parent. Now, this movie came to mind as I considered this parable because I think it illustrates well what God wants our response to be to the benefits and the blessings of his kingdom. In this kingdom, the newborn kingdom, as we've been calling it, God has already done something big for us, huge. We had a debt that we could never pay. Jesus came to cover the entire cost. Since he doesn't need anything from us, He tells us, basically, to pay it forward. He wants our response to point back to his mercy, to be a reflection of his mercy. He wants us to to do it by doing something for others that will probably never even come close to what he has done for us. But it will nevertheless reveal his great love for us all. How do we know this? Well, because of the parable of the unforgiving servant. (laughs) The teaching from Jesus I just read for you. There's a servant who owes his master the equivalent of thousands of years' worth of wages. A talent was something that measured about 20 years' worth of wages for an average worker in the first century. 10,000 talents times 20 years is 200,000 years worth of wages. And yet the servant begs for a chance to repay. 
which is ridiculous. Right? It's not possible. He won't live long enough to repay. The master instead chooses to forgive. He treats the servant as if he owed nothing. But then there's another servant who owes the forgiven servant a hundred denarii. It's about four months' worth of wages. He too begs for a chance to repay, which is actually pretty reasonable, right? But no patience nor forgiveness is offered. As a result, the forgiveness shown the first servant is revoked. Something Jesus then warns can happen to us if we too fail to forgive as we have been forgiven. Jesus is calling us to be people who reflect the forgiveness we have received through him back into the world as we forgive with the same reckless abandon he has. This, of course, raises some important questions about the nature of forgiveness, questions we often use as an excuse to avoid doing something that Jesus has made crystal clear. Followers of Jesus forgive, period. But how? What does that mean? What does it mean to forgive? Well, let's start by thinking about what forgiveness is not. First and foremost, forgiveness is not sugarcoating reality. You and I have been seriously wronged countless times throughout our lives. We've been robbed of dignity, of respect, of love. We've been robbed of possessions and reputation. We've been robbed of dear family and friends, a a sense of safety. We've been robbed of our ability to trust, of our livelihood, and of countless opportunities for joy. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. Sometimes people do things that we will never recover from this side of eternity. But I think we could argue that addressing pain with forgiveness actually gives our pain its proper place. It says, we have been wronged, but this is the Christian response. Not, I haven't been wronged, nor, I've been wronged, and it will define me forever. That only gives the offenders control of your life forever. Forgiveness is also not warm and fuzzy feelings. (laughs) You don't necessarily have to like the person that hurt you. You certainly won't like them right away. Depending on who they are and what they've done, you may never even see them again. But you also shouldn't have anger and bitterness festering in your heart. Forgiveness also is not condoning evil. Sometimes people that hurt us go to jail or they endure other consequences even if we forgive them. 
We aren't necessarily letting people off the hook for doing bad things to us. If anything, we're letting ourselves off the hook. We're refusing to drink Satan's poison pill of bitterness. Now, as you may already be aware from life experience or just from hearing this the last couple of minutes, forgiveness is not possible without the power of God. But here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a decision we make in spite of the pain, the emotions, and the evil we have endured at the hands of another. Forgiveness is also a refusal to repay evil with evil. Instead of doing what we could do, what everyone around us might expect us to do, and probably wouldn't be surprised or angry if we did, we choose to do good to them. We don't try to extract anything from them for what they've done. They don't owe us anything anymore. Instead, we bless them. We pray for their present and eternal good. As you might imagine, this is far easier said than done. If you've ever tried to forgive someone that has hurt you in any meaningful way, you know how easily the memories and the the anger and, and all the feelings associated resurface. And that's why forgiveness is also a discipline. Forgiveness is a discipline, a sometimes daily discipline, of choosing to forgive and to do good each time those feelings and those memories reappear. Forgiveness is a discipline of reminding yourself and reminding Satan, the one who's been messing around keeping this message from getting spread, that you have already forgiven them for that. Lord knows Satan doesn't want you to forgive. Satan doesn't want you to feel better. Satan doesn't want you to forget. Satan doesn't want the love and forgiveness of God's kingdom to spread. And so he'll do whatever he can to try and mess with you about all the painful things you've ever experienced. And that's why forgiveness is an ongoing discipline. But it's still really tough stuff. (laughs) It's hard to strive to live a disciplined life of forgiveness, which is why it is possible only with the help of God. We can only overcome the overwhelming odds stacked against us with the power of Almighty God working to help us do what he has called us to do. But how? How can we find the strength to forgive? Well, I thought of a few things. And first... We remember what the first servant forgot. 
We remember just how much our King has forgiven us. We recognize just how great our debt was. We become as completely aware as possible of the amount of sin in our life. We consider just how high the debt was and just how impossible it would be to try and pay it. Just like that first servant. We need to see that even with thousands of lifetimes, it wouldn't be enough. This is why we have time for confession and and forgiveness each week in worship. It's not because I enjoy making people feel bad. (laughs) No. And it's not just because it gives me a chance to make sure I proclaim the gospel that I haven't screwed up Sunday morning. It's also about developing a spiritual practice that helps us recognize the level of sin in our lives so that we know just how freely and infinitely the forgiveness of God in Christ flows to us. We need to know that we need it far more often than we realize. We sin every week. We sin every day. Sometimes it's the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's big things. All of them are moments when we looked at God and we said, You know what, God? I think you're an idiot. I think I am way smarter than you. I know, yeah, 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 you made me, you made the universe, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. I don't care what you say. I'm doing it my way. (laughs) But God doesn't ask anything from us other than recognizing our sin for what it is, confessing it to him, And then trusting in Jesus, relying on Jesus and his work on our behalf. Then forgiveness flows abundantly and unceasingly our way. There's nothing that you may have done, absolutely nothing you have done that is not forgiven in Christ There is nothing you may have failed to do, absolutely nothing you have failed to do that is not forgiven in Christ. Even that thing that kept you up last night, last week, last month, or every day, the last who knows how many years, even that is forgiven in Christ. Even that thing that Satan is telling you right now, Oh, well, he's talking about everybody else. He's not talking about you. He's not talking about that. Even that, that is forgiven in Christ. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. But forgiveness, as easy as it is for us, wasn't that easy for God. And that's the next step in finding the strength to forgive. We think about what God could have and perhaps should have done and what he chose to do instead. We consider what it cost him. 
See, we were so bad. God should have done to us what we tend to do, certainly what we want to do to all of those who hurt us. God should have said, hey, get out of my sight. I never want to see you again. I hope you have a miserable existence the rest of your days. I hope you never experience joy again. I hope you get what you deserve. I hope you die. God should have let us writhe in agony, withering away in an eternity separated from him, from our only source of true life. But God didn't do that. God came in the person of Jesus. He sent his son Jesus to be our Savior. And Jesus did all that was necessary to make sure that we live forever with him. Jesus was perfect. Jesus did everything he was ever supposed to do. Jesus never caved to temptation. Jesus always did the right thing every time. But instead of accepting the reward for his good behavior and his outstanding uh, attempts to uh, his amazing perfection of fulfilling everything that we should have, instead of accepting that reward, Jesus accepted what we deserve, the punishment, the consequences of our actions. Forgiveness cost God his only begotten son as Jesus willingly was cast out of God's sight. As Jesus was made miserable, as Jesus endured the absolute misery of six hours on a cross. But now in Jesus, we have forgiveness that exceeds 70 times seven instances in a week, in a day, in an hour. I I would say even within a minute, but I'm not sure the laws of physics allow us to sin 490 times in 60 seconds. Do our synapses fire that quickly in our brain to cause us to sin quite that often. But I guarantee you that if they did, if they do, if we can sin that often, those are forgiven too. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God loved you at your absolute worst. Even if your absolute worst is still in front of you, All God is asking us to do is to love others at what may or may not be their absolute worst, even if their absolute worst may or may not be as bad as our absolute worst. Now, finally, finding the strength to forgive also comes when we see the power of God at work in others who do forgive. We showed a video this morning that I will include in the comments uh, in this video. It was the trial of a woman who shot a man named Botham John. Botham John was a man at home in his own apartment. I think he may have even been eating a bowl of ice cream. 
when he was shot to death. At the sentencing of the shooter, his brother Brandt did something incredible. Instead of getting up and going through all of the pain and all of the agony of this loss, instead of trying to make the woman who shot his brother feel miserable and realize what they have uh, had to deal with, how she has stolen so much from them, he got up and said, I love you. I forgive you. I pray only for your good. I want the best for you. I hope you bring your guilt and your shame to Jesus. You make him your Lord and Savior. You find forgiveness in Jesus, and I forgive you. And then he asked the judge if he could give her a hug. There were tears, there was wailing, it was incredibly moving. Watching the video this morning in worship was difficult, even for me. And trying to get back up and finish off the sermon was more difficult than I anticipated. Brothers and sisters, I'm pretty sure it's clear what God is saying to us today. He is saying that forgiveness is far more important than we may realize. Forgiveness may just be the single most important aspect of our walk with Christ. How can anyone believe us when we tell them there is a God who forgives if they've never once seen a person in real life? Who forgives. I think God is also making it very obvious what he wants us to do about it. He's saying it as clearly and as concisely as possible. Forgive. <laughs> Forgive. Forgive others as you have been forgiven, and you will show the world the gospel without ever having to speak a word. So, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, who is God asking you to forgive today? Let's pray and ask God to give us the strength to do it. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given us. We thank you so much for the incredible love that you have shown us and the way that you have won forgiveness for us in the death and resurrection of your Son, our Savior Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to be people that bring this forgiveness with us wherever we go that you would bring it into our marriages, that you would bring it into our congregations, that you would bring it into our community, that you would bring it even into our politics and 
all the areas of our lives, Lord, we ask that you would help us to embody what you have done for us in Jesus, that you would give us the strength to forgive, as both of John's brother did, and as so many others have done. Give us the strength to do it, not for our own glory, Lord, but for yours. Help us to remember just how much you have done for us. Help us remember how much it cost you, how much it cost your son Jesus. Help us to see all the others that you have given the strength to forgive as we seek to forgive those who sin against us. And as we do, Lord, we ask that you would Do it all for your glory and your purposes. Use it to set off a revival in our families, our homes, our communities, our nation, and the world as all are drawn closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope this has been helpful for you. This was uh, quite a message for me to put together and to wrestle with over a long period of time, uh, this idea of forgiveness. I'll get that video in the link in the comments, and uh, I'll be praying for you. Let me know how it goes for you. God bless you. Catch up with you soon. Taste and see that the Lord is good, ice cream is sweet, Jesus is far sweeter because he can give you the strength to forgive. God bless you. Bye-bye.